This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back, good people, to the station destination. Debbie, y'all know who it is. I am the captain of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. If you're listening in your car, if you're watching on YouTube, doesn't matter. Hit the subscribe button, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the thumbs up button, rate, review, comment, engage with the good people. I appreciate it. We are dropping content All the damn time. Myself, my partner, Jordan Richards, Ben EB is, is, is the new host of the Elite Seekers podcast on the Destination Debbie program. Make sure you're locked in, man. We're keeping you, we're keeping you up to date with what you need to know about these incoming prospects, these current rookies, how to value them. In fantasy, if you're just a fan of these NFL teams, you'll learn a lot of stuff here as well. But we are approaching that point in the season where 
All of this trade stuff, especially in seasonal leagues, is over. Your trade deadlines are done. Dynasty leagues, we can still we can still do our thing, right? That's what dynasty leagues are for. You could trade, trade, trade. So we'll continue to talk about how to value these guys this season. But you know, at this point, you know Justin Herbert is a stud. You know that CeeDee Lamb is a stud. You don't need me to tell you this. So it's start to it's time to start putting these players in context with their NFL peers. And my cornerstone rankings do a really good job of that for the up coming like the new guys, right? We look at one year before and we look at one year in the future as well as the current season. So you value these players amongst three other, two other draft classes or one potential draft class and one previous draft class. But it's really time to start thinking about these players in in terms of their their contemporaries, the players that are in the NFL. So uh, what we're going to be doing on this show, hosted and powered by Sleeper Wire, is start to put some context around these players and how good I believe they could be moving forward for us as fantasy assets and as fans of real NFL teams. And this rookie class, folks, has been phenomenal. It has been outstanding. It's been phenomenal. And and for the most part, we are only, only focused on fantasy relevant players. And what I want to do, I've I've got something good coming for you guys here with the upcoming, I'm going to do a preview of 2021. And there are going to be some non-skill position players that I think are almost equally as important as finding the next wide receiver, finding the next running back, because some of these linemen that are declaring for the NFL draft, uh, whatever team they land on, the the offensive line play immediately gets much, much better, which means more room for the running backs, more time for the quarterbacks to throw the ball. And that's what this is about. It's not, you, you can't just have a great running back and no offensive line. So when you're talking about fantasy points, when a team upgrades their offensive line, and there are a couple of guys that I'm telling you, they're going to go in the top five, they're going to go top 10, top 15, they will provide, tr- provide tremendous value for those running backs of said teams here in the future. So I'm going to start to focus on a little bit of that, start to transition to really hitting this high gear of draft season. That means more film. That means more prospect breakdowns. That That's what this is about. The fantasy season is damn near over. So Let's 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 just start at the top. And I, I don't think of all the players that I've seen this season, of all the rookies that I've seen this season, I really don't believe there's one that has been more impressive than Justin Herbert. And the reason why his phenomenal 2020 season is even more impressive than the numbers say is he wasn't supposed to see the field. Justin Herbert was not scheduled to play this year. They they got Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was Anthony Lynn's guy. And I understood what they were trying to do. Bring Herbert along slowly. Oregon, they've got their system and it did not showcase the capability that Justin Herbert is showing now. If you watch the Oregon Ducks over the past three years, when Justin Herbert was quarterbacking for them, th- there were few occasions where he was just ripping it like he is right now with the Chargers. And it's it's not that he didn't have the talent to do it, but that's just not Oregon's scheme. So for a player to come in literally off the bench when he had, when Tyrod Taylor had the medical issue with uh, the punctured lung, I don't know what it was, the, 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 the mishap by the medical staff in Los Angeles, they literally went to Herbert like five minutes before kickoff and said, you're playing, you're, you're in the game now. And for him to come in and do what he's done in limited preparation time, it's it's ridiculous. And I saw this tweet today. 
let me let me let me tell you this, and I and I'll I'll pull it up. I'll show it for you. Well, those of you who ain't, who ain't watching, you won't get to see it. But Justin Herbert is on pace to be the best rookie quarterback in NFL history. He's on pace for 397 completions, first all time. 4,498 passing yards, first all time, and 37 passing touchdowns. Again, first all time. He has been ridiculous. That team is averaging 40 pass plays per game, according to Player Profiler, that's eighth in the NFL. He has thrown 350 attempts, 12th in the NFL. Red zone attempts, 51, which is 10th. Deep ball attempts, 44. Deep ball attempts, 8th in the NFL. His, his, his production, what he's doing, passing yards, he's 9th in the NFL in passing yards, 13th in air yards, 15th in completed air yards. Money throws, according to player profiler, 25, which is 2 in the NFL. Ranks 2nd in the NFL. Danger plays, where he's he's putting the ball in harm's way, should have been picked off. Only 13th, so you know, 20 danger plays. And that's, that is, that is expected of a young, of a young quarterback. Interceptable passes. He's only thrown 10 of those, which is 27th in the NFL, which is fantastic. And then he's got 22 touchdown passes, which is sixth in the league right now. Herbert is ridiculous. And I'm currently in a dynasty startup or just completed a dynasty startup draft. The top three picks in a super flex format were Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. If you would have told me three months ago that we would be selecting Justin Herbert ahead of Lamar Jackson, ahead of Deshaun Watson, I would have said you were batshit crazy. But that's exactly where we're at now. And when I think about this NFL landscape with, you know, Tua showing that promise, Tua was benched. Joe Burrow playing out of his mind, destroyed his knee. I don't know. There's there's no doubt about it that Herbert is a better passer right now than Lamar Jackson may ever be in his career, may ever, ever be. Lamar is more dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's a better rusher, but throwing the football... I don't think I don't think Lamar Jackson can sniff what Justin Herbert can do right now as a rookie. And imagine Herbert three, four, five years from now. It's 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 really what we're watching, folks. I hope you appreciate this. What we're watching from this young player is historic. Justin Herbert is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, if, if you have him in Dynasty, congratulations. Hold on tight. If you were able to trade for him, which I was in my home league, I'm pretty excited about that. Congratulations. But outside of Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray, there's not a quarterback that I want more than Justin Herbert. Another player who, man, and, and I've talked about this on the show. I don't, I am not too big of a person to say that, damn it, I was wrong. And I would, I, I, the, my biggest miss, the biggest miss that I had throughout the entire draft process, uh, fantasy football was Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is a monster. Chase Claypool is not a tight end. Chase Claypool is a monster. When you look at his fantasy points over the past five, six, seven weeks, last game, 15.9. The game before that, 19.9 fantasy points versus Cincinnati. 15.3, 13.2. Had an 0.8 performance, right? But 18, 42 points, 3 points, 17 points, 6 points, 10 straight games. He's had a touchdown. It looks like Ben is, it's Deontay Johnson, it's Chase Claypool, and then there's a little bit of Juju Smith-Schuster sprinkled in with Eric Ebron. Claypool and Johnson are the future. 
Juju Smith-Schuster is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. He's good as gone. Let's start thinking about the next team that Juju is going to be on because it's not going to be in Pittsburgh because they have the monster that is Chase Claypool. And I will never, ever, 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 ever bet against six foot five, six foot four, 240 pounds running a four foot 40 at our dash athleticism out of this world. I'm just going to have to ride with that player because play Claypool is, is making it happen. He's got the trust of his coaching staff. He's got the trust of his quarterback and when you're talking about fantasy football, Claypool, he may not be top 12, but damn it, at minimum, worst case, worst, I'm being conservative here, folks. I'm being conservative. Worst case scenario, he's a top 20 pick at the wide receiver position. Worst case. And if you said he's higher, top 15, damn it, if you said top 12, I ain't gonna knock you for it. He, he very well may be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver right now. Chase Claypool is ridiculous. CeeDee Lamb, I, I did that whole thing last week about Higgins and Jefferson. Maybe they should be wide receiver one uh, in this 2020 class. Uh, Lamb is... <laughs> <laughs> Lamb is nuts, man. And he's being able to, he's, he's staying involved to some degree with horrific quarterback play, uh, horrific everything play with Dallas, uh, four receptions versus the Vikings, nothing to write home about, but it was the one in the end zone. It was the catch that looked uncatchable, the body control, the contortionist that he is. You can't, you can't coach that. Some stuff you can't teach. You can't teach DK Metcalf size speed. You can't teach Tyreek Hill's acceleration. You can't teach what Patrick Mahomes is able to do. You can't teach what Aaron Rodgers is able to do. And damn it, you can't teach the stuff that CeeDee Lamb is doing. That that catch, when we talk about some of the best catches we've seen, it's definitely up there. I know that the Odell Beckham catch, ridiculous one-handed grab, but we see a lot of one-handed grabs all the time. I mean, Tyler Lockett, uh, we see random ass players catching the ball one-handed. What CeeDee Lamb was able to do in the end zone, the, that nobody thought that that was going to be a completed pass. Andy Dalton didn't even think it was going to be completed, but CeeDee just so smooth. He's a top five dynasty wide receiver. Once Dak Prescott is back, once the Cowboys upgrade their offensive line, it's he's he's that good, folks. And these players are just to be this good. All these guys we're talking about to be this good with this wonky offseason, no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, modified training camp, no preseason, just throw them into the fire and to do what they've been able to do. We have to, I am going to make you appreciate what we're seeing. This does not happen often to have this many players from a rookie class, especially wide receivers where historically it takes time for them to get acclimated to come in and smash like this. This is, this is fun. This is a treat. And we need to be appreciative of what these players are doing. Clyde edwards Lair. A lot of people want to dump on Clyde. Because he's not scoring touchdowns. But quietly, he's been one of the better running backs in the NFL. He has been quite productive. He's had double-digit fantasy points in every game besides one versus versus the Jets in week eight. He has been, and he's not even seeing the targets. His highest target game this season, he had eight targets twice. Week two versus the Chargers. And then in week five versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Has not caught more than six passes in a game. Like, we're not even seeing Clyde unlocked. He's averaging what? 
probably like two, three receptions a game. He's not even being unlocked yet, and yet he's still one of the NFL leaders in total yards from scrimmage. They showed a graphic during the Sunday night game, and I remember it was like rookie leaders in total scrimmage yards. It was Walter Payton, it was Jerry Rice, and then it was like Clyde edwards helaire I was like, I mean, the only thing he's missing is touchdowns. He had two touchdowns last week, a touchdown the week before last. So he's starting to, he's starting to show like, and, and it was good to see the commitment from Kansas City coming off of the bye that he's our guy. 16 carries, right? Uh, caught a pass out of the backfield. I mean, it's, it's good to see the commitment to Edwards Elaire. Listen. He may not be top five. He may not be a top three dynasty running back, but damn it, he's definitely an RB1 in dynasty. He's a top 12 dynasty running back. Um, and, and it's good to see Clyde getting back on track. And he, he's actually, he's, he's really been good. He's been really good this season, despite what fantasy football Twitter wants to make you believe. He's been a, a very solid running back that just has not had the, the receiving upside. We still, we have yet to see his receiving upside and he has not scored the touchdowns, but to have a running back, he's, he's patient. He's refined. I'll be dropping a video breakdown of my, uh, my Clyde Edwards, Hilaire thoughts here. Hopefully uh, Thanksgiving day, I'll have that out tomorrow, but Clyde has been fantastic. Still want Clyde Edwards, Hilaire in dynasty as well as Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has been on a tear three straight games with the touchdown, two touchdowns last week, four receptions this past week, 16, 16 routes run. And he's still only playing about 40. He played 40% of the snaps. He's still splitting work with JD McKissick. But my comparison for who Antonio Gibson could be in the next level coming out of college was David Johnson. And I still believe that. I believe that he's got David Johnson type upside. And when the Washington football team upgrades their offensive line, you know, for a long time, I thought they would definitely get a quarterback. They're going to be picking top 10, right? Top 10. They're not going to be have the number one pick. They're not going to have the number two pick. So Lawrence and Fields are gone. It wouldn't shock me. It it wouldn't shock me if they bypassed quarterback round one, rolled with Alex Smith or Kyle Allen or tried to sign somebody in free agency and build that offensive line, right? They need offensive line help. They did lose Trent Williams prior to the season to San Francisco. Build that offensive line. Antonio Gibson is the running back of the future. You have a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL and Terry McLaurin. Use that draft capital to better your team in other places. And Antonio Gibson is only going to get better and better. He, he too, is learning running back on the fly. I talked about this on the show, uh, the Terrible or Terrific Trade Show with Derrick Brown. This dude is literally learning how to play. It blows my mind how good Antonio Gibson is when he didn't even play running back in college. He is learning on the... Think about learning your job in the highest field that there is. If you're a stockbroker and you do stuff from the house, think about being going to Goldman Sachs day one and saying, all right, you're the lead broker. You're our lead stock guy right now. Like learn it, figure it out. Like you don't, you, you don't even have proper training, but I need you to go in here and produce whatever it is. If you're a chef, think about, you know, being some executive chef at a Michelin uh, restaurant and they, they tell you to go in there and you've got uh, the president of the United States coming and I need you to prepare dinner. I'll walk you through it. We'll give you a couple of training programs. And then what, like, that's what he's doing at the highest level and he's succeeding. He's ex exceeding expectations. Antonio Gibson, folks, 
you know, when we're looking at this this running back class, it's starting to take shape. It took a while for the engine to rev up, but Swift is looking like a stud. Edwards Elaire has looked like a stud. James Robinson, uh, Jonathan Taylor this past week, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins. If he ever gets unleashed, which he will, he and Mark Ingram have uh, COVID, so they won't be playing this Thursday. But Man, it's starting to come together. It's starting to come together for this class. And when you talk about the quarterbacks, smashes at quarterback. Herbert Burrow, Tua still looks good. When you're talking about the running backs, we just named a bunch of them. The wide receivers, good grief. We went through all of them. Uh, Besides Mr. Justin Jefferson, who we'll get to in a second, every position besides tight end is firing. This is a historic class. Justin Jefferson, I love him, man. He's a stud. I've told you, I told you, victory lap season, baby. Justin Jefferson, uh, stud of all studs. He has the stage to himself this Sunday. Adam Thielen is out with COVID. I mean, I, I still lament the, deal, lament the deal that I made. I, I traded Justin Jefferson after week two for James Conner straight up. I, I'm quitting that league. I'm quitting it. I don't care. Call me what you want. Sore loser, whatever. Old GQ's out of there. My my pride is hurt so much for making that boneheaded, dumb decision. Don't know why I did it. I was desperate for a running back at the time. And the crazy thing about it is I should have stayed put because I ended up acquiring Clyde Edwards, Elaire, and Christian McCaffrey in the same damn league. There was no need for me to give up Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Had T. Higgins. Man, I got this, I got this league. I gotta tell you about this league. I got to tell you about this league. Not the one that I traded Justin Jefferson, but I did a startup over the summer, Campus to Canton League, and my goal was to just load up on rookies, right? I was like, I'm a tank. I'm a suck this year. The productive struggle, a.k.a. Ryan McDowell. That team, I got Burrow, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf. I'm loaded, baby. James Robinson on the taxi, uh, Darnell Mooney. It's just going to be a fun ride the next couple of years with Kyle Pitts and Rondell Moore incoming on my college side. So it's going to be fun. But uh, back to the bad deal that I made with Justin Jefferson. He's an absolute monster. And, you know, I predicted that by the end of this season, he would be the wide receiver one over Adam Thielen. And they're both wide receiver ones. So, I mean, it kind of worked out, kind of didn't, but Justin Jefferson is an absolute stud. He's a monster. He's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. I'm not going to put him in the CeeDee Lamb category yet because I still like CeeDee Lamb's situation a little bit more than Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, he takes a lot of crap, but he's actually been solid, man. And to support two wide receivers the way that he has, really wish they'd get Irv Smith more involved in the offense, but Cousins has been a lot better than people want to give him credit for. And uh, Justin Jefferson, man, that's that's a dude that we want. Justin Jefferson is a monster. And the last rookie that I want to talk about before I get kind of negative here is JT. And JT... What we saw from him versus Green Bay is exactly what I talked about in my Jonathan Taylor breakdown. Go check that out a couple of shows back where I told people, don't panic. Don't panic. Even if it didn't happen in 2020, I wasn't worried about what he could become. And what he showed versus Green Bay. Now, granted, I believe Green Bay is one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. I don't care about that. Like you, you He can only play against who he's playing against. He ran with patience. He was decisive. He ran with confidence. He made decisions, hit the hole, 
burst. He looked like Wisconsin's version of Jonathan Taylor. The line was moving Green Bay Packer defensive linemen out of the way. They were doing their job and he was doing his job. And had he not had multiple long gains and touchdown runs called back, he probably would have finished as a running back one in week 11 of the NFL season. That's what that's what we want out of JT. And it's it's funny watching the tape. They get him involved in the receiving game the same way that Clemson does with Travis Etienne. Sort of just run a couple of steps, turn around, and we'll just throw it to you. I don't care. That counts as a reception, and I get the points. If that's how they're going to involve him in the receiving game, I'm all for it. Still wish he showed a little more lateral agility in the open field. When he gets in the open field, I want to see him make some players miss. He, he tends, tends to get tackled, you know, or at least contact uh, uh, enough on first hit to, to for other defenders to come to him. I really want to see a little more lateral agility in space, but JT looked like he was back. He had 22 carries, 90 yards. I think I think this is... this was the confidence booster. So let's hope as the Colts start to gear up for their playoff run, that he continues to build that momentum. They continue to feed him. They continue to get him involved because he is, he's outstanding. And it's fun to see that old Jonathan Taylor on the field again. In Dynasty, if you traded him, I hope you traded high. I feel like I did. Two first round picks in Cortland Sutton. I'll take it. Uh, I hope you did not panic sell and, and trade him low. That'd be a mistake. And if you continue to rock with him and hold him, you're probably feeling pretty damn good right now. Now, let me talk about two players that were points of contention for a lot of people. And that is Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs and Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rager. Let's start with Rager. Rager looked like he was going to be the guy from week one. I mean, catches that 50-yard bomb versus Washington. Then he gets hurt, misses a bunch of time. And in between that, Philadelphia just completely, the offense, offensive line cooked, receiving core cooked, Miles Sanders missing games. Carson Wentz, uh, somebody tweeted this out the other day, and I, I can't get it out of my head. He, he's looking like Mitchell Trubisky. That's what he looks like. Mitchell Trubisky. He looks terrible. Bad decisions. And I know Philadelphia Eagles fans, well, the offensive line, well, this, well, it doesn't, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's making horrible decisions. That's what he's doing. Making horrible boneheaded decisions constantly. He doesn't look good. Put Jalen Hurts in. Let's see what the kid can do. I don't know if he's the answer, but right now, Wentz is not supporting anybody. I mean, you're praying for a touchdown or maybe some volume. Travis Fogum, non-existent. Goddard, got a touchdown, but mm, Rager, four receptions here, three receptions there. I, I think the jury is still out on, on Rager. This season is not gone as expected for Philadelphia or for that wide receiver, but I am still very much a buyer in Jalen Rager and a believer in his talent of him being the alpha on that team. Now, Henry Ruggs, he ain't it, man. He's not, uh, he's just, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the athleticism that he has is undeniable. The speed, the game-breaking ability, we see it, 
but he's he just he wasn't a fine receiver at Alabama. He was the fourth or fifth option at times during his time at Alabama. He did not meet the analytical thresholds that a lot of people value and hold near and dear. And although he was the first pick at the wide receiver position in 2020, he was the biggest, the biggest fade that there was. I don't see it happening, man. I don't see a player like that ever becoming a consistent fantasy producer. And I hope that those of you, if you rock with me, you don't have Henry Ruggs or you don't have a lot of rugs. And if you do, and there are people out there that still believe he's the next whatever, trade him, get rid of him, move him. It's not happening. Darren Waller is the alpha after Darren Waller. Give me Nelson Aguilar is producing at a higher clip and more efficiently and being more productive than Henry Ruggs. Nelson Aguilar. I mean, it it just, he ain't it, man. Henry Ruggs ain't it. And yes, he may be a valuable weapon for the Raiders offensive scheme for the real NFL, but for fantasy, sorry, but Told you so. Sorry, not sorry. So as we as we embark these these next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about these rookies in context with their peers, in context with with what the 2021 class looks like. Definitely going to get started into that a little bit more. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you enjoy your family, your friends. Y'all be safe. Eat good. Let's enjoy this football, this this season of thanks. And I thank you truly, truly from the bottom of my heart. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking us out. Jordan's doing stuff. I'm doing stuff. We appreciate the the feedback and the engagement. We appreciate the positivity. If you're listening in the car or the the truck or whatever your vehicle is, I I cannot thank you enough for rocking with me for over a year. And I'm going to continue to do this and, and get better and improve and provide entertaining and actionable content for you. So, but appreciate a subscription. Appreciate a a thumbs up and a like. And if you want more engagement with me personally, you know where to find me, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Appreciate our partners, DLF, Sleeper Wire, but y'all know I'm out, man. I got to prep for tomorrow. Fried turkey, Cajun is going down. Collard greens, mac and cheese, yams. Yes, baby, old GQ is going to put the chef hat on and get it done. But uh, I'll check y'all later. Holla at your boy. Peace. Thank you.